Hello, my fellow Brapintonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings in the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is the man who takes me to the land of sandwiches, Mr. Shaheen Avandi! Wait till you get your bill. Oh, you I know mean, what? If Uber's not available, <laughs> Shaheen Alvandi in his Tacoma with a tent on it is available. You're like an Uber Eats and an Uber right. taxi rolled into one. Yeah. And if you get tired, just pull over, pop up the tent, boom. Oh, Take yeah. Hey, look at that. That thing looks ridiculous. You're like an Uber like motel. Yeah. Basically. Basically. Bread and bad breakfast. way to get around, though, you know. Yeah. No, it's been bonkers trying to get an uber or a lyft it, to the airport or the train station i've almost missed like two two planes because of it it happened to us this morning yeah we had family like all of you know hashtag team Ann's house uh, family's been in our house and this morning they had a flight at seven which means they wanted to leave the house at 4 30 for some reason yeah i'm doing that tomorrow Ugh. and they tried to get an uber and they couldn't mm-hmm. and so fucking hashtag team Ann, man Got up and drove their ass to the airport. Really? Wow. And I just, you know, of course, me being a useless asshole that I am, I'm like, all right, good luck with that. Have fun with that. Yep, Bring me cookies. Yeah, just maybe <laughs> shh, keep it down when you're trying to leave here. I'm trying to sleep, <laughs> trying to catch up on this here beauty sleep. No, it's a thing. It's a thing I've noticed just the last few weeks. Like, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. What the dealio is because we went through the pandemic kind of just fine. Yeah. Maybe they're not paying their drivers enough for what the deal Probably. is. Probably. Maybe demand is going up. I don't know. I mean, everybody's traveling like crazy. Yeah, I don't. Apparently, the airport this morning at 5 a.m. was mayhem. Yeah, the Everybody early morning, because that's a lot of the transcontinental, trans, mm-hmm. like intercontinental stuff is leaving it that early. Woof. Yeah. Where are you going tomorrow? Um, I'm going to go is to it, a little. Can you disclose? I can. I, I can. I am now able to disclose that I will be in Spain again. España. Espana, uh, uh, in the ca- to go ride the Ducati Panigale V4, the new oh, Panigale the old V4. Panigale V4. Yeah, nice. Updated, new for, and improved with bold new graphics. Updated for 2022. So we're not going to talk about it today. <laughs> yeah, we're going to wait till after. You we'll come wait back. until next time because I think that'd be better because we've got a lot of stuff to get through today, Shaheen. Because last week was Eichma. And normally, I would be sitting here like a zombie. I know. You're way more you. alive than usually. But usually this time of year, you're just a shell of your former self. Yeah. Eichmann's brutal. Eichmann is... Well, and every year, like they kind of stretch out. Like, so the Tuesday, Wednesday is supposed to be the media unveiling days. Uh-huh. But brands have kind of gotten like hip and like, oh, we'll sneak our bikes out on Monday so we can get ahead of the the media rush. And then like... Some brands were like, well, some brands are going Monday, so we'll go Sunday and, you know, beat them out. And then, then it turned into Saturday. So it ends up being like a whole week of just craziness. This year? It's like Eichmann Light. Piece of cake. Uh, Yamaha teased some stuff out on Monday. Tuesday was 
maybe about half the brands that you would normally see. And then Wednesday was nothing. I actually took Wednesday off. Really? Yeah. I got That's- on a train, went down to the Bay Area. Let's peace out. <laughs> I love that you took the train from here. Never, never take the train. Don't do that again? Never take the train. Is that a one and done for you? I, I think I've done it once before, and I was like, I'll never do this again. And then you so forgot. Like, like 10 years later, I forgot. I mean, I, I think your intentions were right to like have Wi-Fi and work and blah, 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 but you didn't even have that. The idea was there. Like I was worried how I was going to do the holiday travel because Thanksgiving and still get Eichmann done. So I was like, I'll take the train because if there's one thing the train is good for, it's sitting in a seat for a really long time and I can just work. Right. Well, there was no Eichmann work to be had. So, so you just sat on the train for a long time. Like, I don't regret that decision from that perspective, but holy crap, man, does riding Amtrak suck. Like, I want to like Amtrak. Like, there's some things about riding on the train that, like, sounds like it could be good. Yeah, it's very romantic sounding. It's romantic. It, it's it's really easy to, to work on. You know, you don't have, like, the, the – you don't feel the momentum of the train at all. You just kind of feel right. like you're in a living room. It's not – like the the seats aren't super cramped. It's really easy in terms of like I got to the station like ten minutes before my train left. But, you know, there's no security. You just right. they scan your ticket and you're on the train basically. Like it's <laughs> not like an airport where you're like you have to get naked in the terminal before you can get on the plane basically. <laughs> just get naked at the the train terminal. People are like, sir, please put that on. Yeah, put that back on. I had a, I had a business class ticket. You know, because I'm fancy. Yeah. Mostly because I wanted the dedicated power at my seat and all that. Right. And I thought it'd be quieter. My my train was super run down, super dirty, like it needed to be vacuumed. The seats are super old. Like I thought the bathroom was like literally going to fall apart. What the heck? And then the AC was turned on the entire time. The AC was on. The AC in was the winter. on in the winter. That cabin was 40 degrees. Like literally I'm in a down jacket. I got a hoodie on and I'm sitting there like in my seat shivering, starting to look at like the other people like, should we start huddling for warmth? Like legitimately, like I like the old lady in front of me. I'm like, she might die. Like she could legitimately die. It's so cold in there. And I remember this last time too. Like my train was freezing cold. And you sit there and it's like, and there's no Wi-Fi. There's no entertainment. The meals are exorbitantly expensive. And they're garbage. I I don't know. I never ate them. Um, Wait, you didn't eat anything for 19 hours? I brought food with me. Oh, good, smart. Yeah. So it's just like you're like, and so Portland to San Francisco. 19 hour train ride right i could drive it twice in that time yeah it seems longer than i i mean i guess it has to stop at every single station there's a few stations it's not like it's a ton it's like eight stations between here and there but amtrak doesn't own the rails so they don't get priority oh so like yeah we stopped maybe half a dozen times for like half an hour oh like prolonged Uh, stops to wait for the and then we had like a car got stuck on the train tracks and that had to be cleared before we could go. And like it was scheduled to be an 18 hour ride. It took us 19. And you sit there and just like, and it's not like it was that cheap. Like you could get a budget airline fare for the same amount. Hmm. And you're like, this is why Amtrak's going out of business. It just seems way, I don't know. I feel like they could do so much more with that. But there's a like, lot. I feel like train travel should be turned into this nice, luxury vacation as someone that's traveled a lot by train in europe it you, you come to america and you realize like how far behind we are some third world country shit in yeah, our- it is kind of third like i would equate my last train experience to about on par of what my train experience was in thailand slightly better cabin in, oh really i was gonna say slightly better in thailand probably. i mean the, the the train cars were probably about the same age huh. they were just built 
better. I rode, I rode the, the train from here to Seattle, and it was actually fairly enjoyable. I could see short distances being yeah. good, and and actually probably be better than driving or flying. But like up and down the coast, no way. I think the drive to Seattle and the train ride were about the same, about three hours. I was thinking about this to, just to bring this full circle into a motorcycle podcast because we're like what five minutes in, we haven't talked about bikes yet. Yeah, motorcycles sooner or later. Um. Because they have a service from Virginia to Florida, which is like obviously for seniors, where you can drive your car yeah, into a train. car, yeah, and then they just like deliver you and your car to where you're going. Uh huh. They should have that for motorcycles, like so, like to Moab or out to like oh man, Deals Gap or you know some of these like motorcycle hotspots, Sturgis, where you just roll your bike up on the train, do the train thing, so you're not like trailer queening it, you know, hardcore. Right. And then you get off and you go do your ride and you hop back on. I think that auto train you're talking about is the only one that I've heard of in the U.S. that really, yeah. I mean, it's known basically from, yeah, just outside of D.C. and Virginia to Sanford, Florida. I remember in 2012, I looked into it because I was thinking about riding my bike all the way up to uh, Maine, Portland, Maine. And I used to call it the lobster run. I'm like, I'm going to go do this and then hop on that train and just bring it back down with the motorcycle. And at the time it was, like 270 bucks for the bike and about the same dollar amount for my ticket. That's reasonable. It's super reasonable. And it was, a, according to them, it was about a 17 to 18 hour train. That sounds right. Because I think it doesn't really stop for anything. It just kind of goes from that point to the other point. No, that sounds about right. Like they're making some stops. I've, I've yeah. done that drive. Like pretty exciting. It, it just takes longer than it It's should. funny because I remember when I told one of my buddies that I was moving to Portland, they're like, oh. So, like, you're really going to Portland. I'm like, no, no, the other Portland is like, oh, we're going to the west side. We'll see. Yeah, everybody down there knew that I wanted to do this Portland main ride. And it's funny that you bring that up because I looked into that train probably three or four times. But they they let you do a bike. They let you I do a bike. It's cheaper than a car. It's about half the cost. Oh. Because it takes that, up less space. I sure. That seems like a great, like, there's a lot of opportunities I feel like Amtrak could have. Like, obviously, like, I'm on the one, I guess the, what was I on? The coastal starlight coast starlight hmm. is the is the name of the route and that's one of the i guess there's a handful of routes that just don't have wi-fi still and that's one of them which seems <laughs> kind of dumb like it's such a long ride it's going to silicon valley it's going through right? california it's going through the west coast like tiny little tweaks can make this ride a lot more popular up to seattle where microsoft is like like I feel like tech people could be on this train yeah. more so than other places. And I can see the companies paying for them for this travel so they can work on the yeah. train. Yeah. So like I guess like they gotta have Wi-Fi. Like that was a huge thing for me. I ran out of hotspot data like four hours into it. So apologies for the delay on the last podcast <laughs> because I couldn't work on it. I can just hear some listeners screaming at their speakers right now, like, you know, there's this thing called an airplane, right? You just yeah. hop on an airplane oh, and get the there in like a fraction of the time. <laughs> I could, I didn't have the option of taking six hours off, right? Which is what an airplane is for me. Yep. Um, but yeah, there there could be like like Amtrak could be good. I feel like they just probably because it's a government agency and the bureaucracy and all the nonsense, like they're just prevented from doing so. But that's just, just life. I just feel like there's a lot more possibilities, and tiny little tweaks would make it just right. Yeah, small tweaks. Yeah. So back to ICMA. Meanwhile, ICMA, um, I wrote a story for our ANR Pro listeners. Thank you to everyone who renewed uh, this November. There was a bunch of you. ICMA uh, is dead. ICMA, as we know it, is dead. Long live whatever new ICMA comes from this. So what is this? This 
What do you mean Eichmann's dead? Have they announced something Eichmann, or is this, no, this is your... this is my opinion. This is my, like, like, I think you and I have talked about this on the show before, like the decline of the trade show, especially right, right. Eichmann. If there's something that came out of the global pandemic, it was the fact that motorcycle manufacturers had to learn how to launch a motorcycle without a trade show or without events. Right. And you know, a lot of brands figured that out and some brands kind of didn't. And so it was interesting to me that the brands I would say really learned how to do a global launch, a bike launch virtually are also the ones that were not at Eichmann this year. About half the motorcycle brands in the industry, like I would say the major players, there's about a dozen of them, weren't at Eichmann this year. Hmm. Did not have a, a official presence. I think Triumph Italy was there showing bikes, but it wasn't like Triumph from the UK was there unveiling a new bike or anything like that, for example. So you kind of have this thing where like, you know, brands have been slowly eroding the value of that like Tuesday, Wednesday launch because they realize launching their motorcycles when like 40 other bikes are being launched as well is like a really bad ROI in -hmm. terms of getting exposure. And that's why they started creeping into the Monday and then the Sunday and then the Saturday. So that the writing was on the wall a little bit. And then the pandemic kind of was like, you know, you don't really need to do it. Like you could do it like a week or two before I or Mm -hmm. a week or two after and Mm -hmm. just have that whole week to yourself. If you just know how to uh, do an Instagram live and a YouTube stream and a Facebook, (laughs) you know, whatever, and like all it takes is a little bit of tech know-how, some good social media channels, and you're there. And you know, now it's kind of like I look at like this Eichma, look at like like I just look at the bikes that came out. I had someone uh ask me, like, what were your top three bikes from Eichma this year? I was like, Well, the Moto Guzzi V one hundred Mandelo. I think that's that was like the most important bike that came out. Yep. The MV Augusta Lucky Explorer project that especially the 9.5 because mm-hmm. that's the triple that's being built in Italy. Um, and then uh, hey, what else really came uh, out? I don't know. The Yamaha Tenere rally raid prototype thing. Maybe the Benelli, the Benelli TRK 800, the CVR update. I mean, I think it was kind of funny to see like KTM snuck in the 1290 Super Duke GT. Right. Um, they did that like on the Wednesday after that. I think they realized no one was. I don't know if they planned this or not, but like they <laughs> they they let it come out Wednesday right after like nothing else was being launched. Um, Just imagine they got into the hallway. Hello. Yeah. I mean, guys. Te- technically, that's not an Eichmann launch. That wasn't launched at Eichmann. Right. Same thing with the Ducati, uh, the Ducati Panigale V4. Technically, not an Eichmann launch. It was because no, Ducati's Thursday doing later. their bi weekly thing. Yeah, they're doing their own thing. So, like, the things that actually launched, I, I don't know. I only had two. Um, we'll talk about some other stuff in a minute here. I kind of want to go through some of it. But, like, like, Shaheen, like, if I can't name three bikes that I was excited about, like, what the fuck? Yeah. A lot of the stuff, everything that came out of the Japanese brands was just updates. Uh, Suzuki Katana got like a new color and some some BS. Good looking color. Um, Yamaha had some interesting things. MT10 SP, that, that was pretty obvious, but that's the M- MT10 was a minor update anyways. XSR 900 got a shit ton of traffic on my site for some reason, but I'm hmm. still kind of like, I think that's an awesome bike for the value, for the price. But we already knew that the MT-09 got updated, and so you can kind of see the writing on the wall for the XSR, which is based off of it. 
Um, Yamaha Europe's going to release two different trim levels for the track only R6. Okay, so just but we've seen those before separately from the US and Europe. Yeah, this isn't the shows that I'm excited about seeing cool little previews and mouthwatering little amuse bushes of motorcycles yeah. of ooh, what's next? I had a lot of FOMO going into Eichma that I was like, oh, I should be there this year. I should, you know. Apparently not. I had a couple industry people be like, you're gonna be there, right? This is gonna be it's gonna be epic. I am so glad I didn't go. I would have been, I, I, cause it would, it would have been very expensive. It's always a very expensive trip for me. Oh God. Yeah. And so you sit there like, I would not have probably made my money back. I mean, maybe like there's some, there's some intrinsic value beyond just the stories, but like, why would I ever, after seeing this year, why would I ever attend? Do we think yeah. there's going to be an like one next year? Yeah. They, I'm, I haven't seen a date, but I'm pretty sure they'll, try and put one together there's still value for it as like a trade show for consumers you know it's the biggest show in italy and you go and like tons of people show up there's a lot of value in seeing all the different bikes and stuff but at that point it's really no different than say like aim expo or ims where it's just like yeah like from a media perspective from an industry perspective not a lot of reason to be there to go if you're a consumer or a dealer maybe there is like you know, people get different things out of it. And so that's what I was saying. Like, you know, like Eichmann, as we know it, is dead. Like this like massive event where all the new bikes come out and like everyone in the industry comes there together. I'm like, I'm not going next year. Why would I? If I was a brand right now that's doing their planning for 2022 and and knowing how much money Eichmann costs to do at that level. Right. Why would I? And I don't think Eichmann will be able to to charge people as much as they would like to for it either because it's like, your ROI just completely tanked. I think I think just this last year and a half, a lot of these brands, our major brands that we are familiar with, have suddenly discovered the power that they can have over these motorcycle launches online. On their own. And that they can set the schedule whenever yeah. the fuck they want it to be. And you now as a follower or even as, as a journalist, you can say, hey, look forward to such and such showing you this motorcycle on whatever day. Interesting factoid. Every major brand that had an Eichma unveiling right. this year. I just did air quotes. I don't know why I did air quotes. I could see it. But the, yeah. Okay. Koda enjoyed that. Koda's Kota, Kota, out. Oh. She's out. Eyes are closed out. <laughs> Every brand that launched at Eichma this year did not have a live stream. No YouTube, wow. no Facebook, no Instagram. And I think that's super interesting because those are the same brands that I would say didn't really learn how to do that during the pandemic. Yeah. And so you just sit there and you're just like, like if a bike launches and no one's there to see it, did, did, it, really launch? did it really launch? Because it's like, <laughs> like Suzuki was like that. Like I didn't know, I didn't know that there was a new katana until like two, three hours later when they finally sent out an email about it. And you're like, cool. Oh my bad, I didn't, I didn't notice. Like I thought you guys just didn't do anything because how it, there was no there was no tweet. There was no Instagram. There was no Facebook post. It finally just went out. Like they started posting some stuff like a day later. And you're just like, you know, when you throw a party and you realize nobody showed up and you're like, well, I guess I'll put up some wish you were here posts. Yeah. That's pretty much what I'm seeing. Here. I mean, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> that's what I don't have parties. Um, yeah. I just, 
it's an interesting it's an interesting point in time the 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 crux of it will be is this just a a one-time deal and next year everybody's on board they're already signed up they've got their money down because i can understand the decision to be at icma this year had to be made probably march or april of this year if not if not earlier and a lot of people were probably like hey we're still in lockdown we're on the next surge the delta variant just came out like yeah, now we, we got the Omni. And- yeah, we can't commit to hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to ICMA if we're not even show- sure that the show will go on. So I get like the reservations that some people might have or the hesitations that some people might have. Right. But like, yeah, sitting where we are right now, the, uh, what is it, the uh, Omnicron? Omnicron? Sounds like a bad guy in a Godzilla movie. <laughs> Sounds like a, like, an, like a Transformer. <laughs> Omnicron Prime has come to destroy your immune system. The immune system. <laughs> Battlebots, unite. Well, so, I mean, all these all these uh, uncertainties are still going to be at play yeah. probably next year. They're not going away. Right. So, like, it's one of those things, like, I don't know. If I'm, if I'm a brand, I don't know if I commit to ICMA next year. Even less so next year than I would have been this year. Because... Mm-hmm. After seeing this year, I'd be like, holy fuck. Yeah. This turned into a ghost town quick. You want me to pay how much to be there? I this can't even like imagine what it costs a major brand to be there. Hundreds of thousand dollars, if not maybe a million. Shit. I mean, like just the space alone is rather is really expensive. And then you think about like the elaborate booth right. things that they have to make. And those are kind of those are pretty much One new of, every year. Wow. You know, not like like there might be some parts that are kind of the same, but they seem like just just going off my memory link, I think pretty much pretty new every year. Mm. Some of them are really elaborate. Like, like the Ducati's has like multiple levels and there's like a VIP lounge with like yeah, a barista. Like BMW, they've like built like a miniature like castle inside of it where Rapunzel lets down Welcome to Bavaria. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know, man. Like I just sit there and I'm just like... What a crazy thing. Because I remember going 13 years ago and being the only American journalist there. Wow. And it being like drinking from a fire hose. And to see it the way it is now, couldn't be more different. Ah, the good old days. The good old days. We had to go to Ike uphill both ways. Should make a, should make a brap talk, make Ike great again hat. No, I, I fucking <laughs> hate Ike Like, I love it. I think it uh, up and here's the thing up until today or up until this year. I would have said Eichma is a bucket list item for every motorcyclist. Not anymore, huh? Maybe it still is because it's still, I would assume like the crowds on the consumer days are probably going to be just as big. Well, you know, if like half the brands aren't showing up or yeah. the crowds showing up. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. If your whole idea is a, as a as an attendee is to go there and see something brand new and exciting show up and suddenly <laughs> you're realizing that's not happening. That's probably fair. Why are you going there? That's Why are you spending fair. the money? Yeah. It, it feels like uh, it, it hit that cusp, and now it's like it just collapses in on itself. Right. Like I noticed at the at the outdoor international motorcycle motorcycle show, now it's all about going there and test riding bikes. So it's become a huge consumer show, and they figured out which is what it always needed to be. Absolutely, yeah. Because now, as a rider, I get to go there and test ride pretty much every brand that shows up, and the majority of them are there. Yeah. No, so, that, I think that's that's huge, and you can't really test ride at Ike, I don't think. No, I don't think so. They have like some weird outdoor area thing, but like I don't think you can like actually like go on the streets of Milan on a guided 
tour. Which would be fascinating, but I don't think it can. It kind of makes me think of the the Portland Auto Show and that there are test rides, but the auto show happens inside the giant uh, convention center. Mm-hmm. And then outside on on MLK Boulevard, which is super busy, there's a lineup of like Mazas and Toyotas and Hondas and Kias and whatever that you can go and test ride. And it's like in my head, I'm like, what a clusterfuck just to drive through southeast portland which is just how would you like to drive through some portland traffic (laughs) like come check out these potholes and these people that are constantly crossing the street in front of you so what can i do to get you in a kia today (laughs) just imagine that on the motorcycle it just sounds like chaos yeah and it's kind of like out in like a weird area of town it's kind of like outside the city and no i love I, i think an ims outdoor thing they've kind of hit on something the only problem is like just that whole like the trade show is kind of dead thing i don't know like i don't know it's I, think gotta, the, I think the word gets around if you're doing test rides now as a consumer there's this yeah. chance to go there and ride a you know a vehicle a motorcycle whatever without having the pretext of being at a dealership and them saying hey you're gonna buy one or what there's a 2.0 or 3.0 of this that like maybe right. makes sense and maybe that's so. like down the road that that ims outdoor is along that road or going down the right path to that I kind of appreciate that IMS Outdoor is doing this thing because they're kind of going backwards and they're making the idea of going to these trade shows cool again because they're like, well, listen, we know it's scary to come outside. We know it's scary to like be around other people and there's just this fear of maybe catching this disease, but you get to ride motorcycles. Which is not scary at all. Right. That's that's the <laughs> safest thing you can possibly do. <laughs> so I think I think reevaluate your mortality. <laughs> I think that, right, if you're going to take chances, take real chances. Um, I believe that if if IMS Outdoor keeps doing what they do, they're going to garner more and more and more crowds yeah. as the years go on. But here's the thing. This is like what's so funny to me. And it's the same with Hikma. It's 2021 and we're finally catching on to this idea. Right, exactly. That's why I'm kind of giggling as I'm, as I'm talking about this. Like, It's weird looking at it like motorcycle industry. Why are you always 10 years behind? <laughs> I remember, I mean, I talked about this in the story, the uh, NR Pro story, but like, I remember when I first went, most of the presentations were in Italian. Wow. You know, and, and that's kind of weird in the sense of like, there's a lot of different Europeans yeah, that's coming an international, to uh, It might not, but at that time, I wouldn't say you had a lot of Japanese or you had like a, a, a weird cross section of Chinese suppliers that would come and they'd always get arrested by the uh the financial police of uh, italy for like copyright and trademark <laughs> and patent infringement shit every year um I, it almost seemed like malicious targeting like it's it's interesting there's all that's a lot could be said about that but um it's at least a very it was a very european show when i first showed up so you're right. sitting there like so you're really gonna do this in italian like <laughs> not i mean obviously not french not german like well the bmw did it in german of course they did. Of course they did. But no one's like kind of like meeting in the middle of like, hey, we're going to do it in English because most people here probably speak it as a second language. And it took a long time, I think, for Eichmann to realize like, hey, like this is an international event. We should do it in multiple language or at least in a language that isn't just like Italian. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with like IMS where it's like, hey, we've been doing this for 20 freaking years or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just now start offering test rides. Test rides are a good thing, right? People want that. We can do test rides. There's some value. And you're like, that's so fucking obvious. And it's the same thing where it's like live streams and doing it in multiple languages, doing it in English, having translators. Like 
it seems so freaking obvious. I remember um, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Like you had to get a because you, 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 you sit there for the presentation and then they have a press kit and you have to give them your business card to get the press kit. And it used to be the first year I went, a lot of the press kits were still on CD-ROMs. This is 2010, 2011. I forget what year it was. CD-ROMs. And you're like, I don't have a CD-ROM on my laptop. CD-ROM. And then like a couple years later, it started being thumb drives. And you're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. <clears throat> and then finally someone was like, we could just download, download this off the internet. Like here's here's just the URL. Yeah, just This is way easier. And you're like, it took them like a legitimate like six years to figure out like, oh yeah, we could just have you download it. That would be super easy. <laughs> then we don't have to have this cluster fuck at the back of the booth after the presentation where like a hundred journalists all try to get the press kit. And they're like throwing business cards at the little booth babes. <laughs> like, I need my press kit. I'm on a deadline. <laughs> yeah, cool. It makes me think of on the dealership side, like maybe this, you know what? I think this may be the first year where I haven't heard it as often, but you still would get people who would be like, hey, do you have a brochure? Yeah. Do you have a catalog for that motorcycle? I'm like, are you talking about ink and paper? Because that thing in your hand has all that information. That little phone you have in your hand has all the information. Yeah, but I want to have a brochure. And I really think, I was as I was about to make that example, I was like, holy shit, this is the first year. I think I haven't answered that question, but maybe once or twice. Yeah. I think Fine. people are catching on, you know, like it's, we're still sort of old fashioned. People like the tangibility, you know, the tangible feeling of a, a there, brochure in their hands, a card in their hands. There the, the, is that. And then like, as someone that's thinking about getting a new car, like, um, there's a part of me like, yeah, oh, it'd be nice to have like a, a paper brochure that I could like look at while I'm on the toilet. I'm like, yeah, I could really, I used I could, to love, I brochures. could really, yeah, I could really see myself in this car. I would look yeah. good in this car. Oh, look. It has a, a package that uh, massages your butt while you drive. Ooh, I would totally massage. I would totally pay three ninety five for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, when I was a kid in Iran, my mom used to send me car brochures because I've always loved cars, and we didn't have them in Iran back then, anyways. You didn't and have so, cars, huh? You didn't have cars in Iran. Well, we sure as fuck didn't have the nice cars you guys have here. <laughs> uh, and we de just, definitely just, didn't have brochures. Just a lot of, just a lot of Hilux. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some Nissan Patrols and a couple of Hiluxes. <laughs> Uh, some old Renaults and you know, like 1960s Mercedeses with a million kilometers on them. Hey, careful! I drove one of those. <laughs> uh, you know what's up. Um, but I remember just being in love with brochures. And when I first moved to America, I used to like my stepdad's like, "What do you want to do?" I'm like, "I want to go to the car dealership and grab some brochures and read them." Yeah, there is something to that, right? And like as a kid, and you know, you know, thanks to the dealers for being kind to me and handing me one and you know, patting me on the head. But I grew up loving brochures. And even like when someone asked me, and I'm like, yeah, I wish I could give you one. Like, I understand the the love of having that, you know, nice high quality booklet in your hand that you can read the thing about it. But honestly, the, the technology that's in our hands took over that. There is no more brochure. You know, you, you should get some brochures because I'll, I'll tell you why. This is, this is the use case, right? As a grown man, I want to have that paper stock brochure that I keep on the top drawer of my desk at work. Right. And then, you know, like 11 a.m. rolls around or, or better yet, like 345 rolls around. And I'm kind of like, man, I'm done for the day. I'm mentally tuned out, but I got to I gotta put like another hour or so in. I'm just going to I'm just going to open this bad boy up and <laughs> just gonna fap, one, fap one out to new Panigale V4. Just, uh, and that but if a coworker comes in and catches you you're like no 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 I'm reading I'm just I'm just looking at a, I'm just looking at motorcycles I'm not, I'm not I'm not fapping one out of work but no. if you're on your phone 
it looks way more incriminating. Way more. That you're probably looking at porn. You are. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, we're we're working on creating a little zine at the shop. Oh yeah. A little community zine. We're, we've we've <laughs> talk about going back in time. We've bought like a case of little disposable cameras, and we're handing them to people to go take pictures on their little adventures, and then we'll go through and pick a bunch out and make a little zine so that you can fap it out to adventure pictures. Mm. Yeah. Go ride that bike. Go take pictures. Interesting. Yeah. Engagement with the with the community. I'm into it. Hey, gotta do something. It's not just motorcycles, man. It's about the peeps. Is it? I mean, like, this is interesting. Like, this is an interesting conversation. We haven't, we haven't yet to get to a single bike from. from Why? There's three bikes for Mike. We're going to talk about them in three minutes. It won't take us very long to get through them. (laughs) Just bear with us. There's just not a lot to talk about. Uh, You can. I did this. uh, I did this presentation in business school about about the motorcycle industry. Right. And how it's based on gamer theory, actually, like computer game theory on how you can group people into four distinct categories. Okay. You have your uh your socializers. They're yep. all about they're all about meeting people, yep. hanging out with people, talking yep. to people. They got their buds, they got like the village. You're in the village. They're like they're the people that join like the motorcycle gang basically cuz like I want to have like a, or the or the whatever the group. Right. The BMW riders group or whatever. Um, hog. Yeah, hog cuz they want to hang out. It's about the socialization. Uh you have the achievers, which is like those are the fucking uh, iron butters. The like, I did the BDR all by myself on a KLR and blah 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 blah. <laughs> like, they're just, it's just all about like hitting the thing. Like, there's track day people. I think are great achievers. Absolutely. It's just like, I got this track this yep. track time. I'm, I'm PRing now, all the time. Yeah, and... I'm now Group A. I'm this. I'm that. Right. Um, and then there's the seekers, which are just people that explore. They're all about like. Going on the trail, going down the road, finding out where it goes, yep. hanging out at the lake. I think like adventure riding in a lot of ways. Um, and those people can fit into either one of the first two categories. You need. It, you can be there's a there's a Venn you diagram. can have each attribute to varying degrees. Right. You can't you're not just one or the other, but you can look at like the like the achiever people or like the same people like I've got this bike and it's got this and this and this and this and this and this. And this mm-hmm. All these sparkles. I got every single race exhaust thing on it. Blah 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 blah. Like. It's just like a line item of like, I got that thing. Check. Yep. Um, and then there's the destroyers. Ooh, what's that one? And the destroyers are like the rebels where it's just like, I'm the lone wolf going down the road by myself on my hog. And I don't talk to people and I have a motorcycle because I'm a badass and I don't, I don't like talking to people and interacting and doing things this is just me the bike and the road wait these are these freedom this this, this group's called the destroyers destroy well what are they what are they, what is name, their destruction that name comes from the the gamer uh, uh, okay. thing that i pulled it okay. from because it. in like computer games you have people that are all about like the seekers would be like they're exploring the next level the next level just came out we're the first ones to see it and right. the achievers are the ones like i got all the level five Spells and things and da 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 does and I got the cup that does nothing but I have it and only three of them were made in the game right they cost like nine billion gold and like the socializers are the ones in the chat and they're in the guild and they're doing the bullshit and then there's just people that are just like 
just want to watch the thing burn down. I just want to see the world burn down, man. I'm like, hey, I've got this uh, crazy sword. I bought this to fuck with you. I wonder if this sword can cut down this tree. <laughs> I wonder if I can like hack the game and like make the level seven elf right like do uh you know a crazy dance if I like type in these weird commands and like. But in the motorcycle world, the destroyer is kind of like the lone wolf. It's the lone wolf. Got it. That's how I. I mean, I like analogy. This. I think we need to, uh, you know, we brap talk at gmail.com. Tell us which one you are. Are you a? Are you a? socializer what's the other one the seeker a seeker an achiever an achiever or a destroyer slash lone wolf lone wolf i'm a lone wolf you're, like, a lone you, wolf? Like, you're sitting there talking about like the the like the all well, the people side of it and i i 100 agree with you there's a huge people side to motorcycling i just don't want to deal with them but you're not just a lone wolf you're also a seeker no, I'm not. I'm not a seeker at all because that's that's the guy that likes to go 500 miles on a motorcycle down the road and do the long trip. No, no, which no, no. is not me. I at think all. that that guy is also the dude that wants to be the fastest. No, that's the achiever. That's the achiever. achiever. Oh, achiever's so you're the achiever. Okay, so you're an achiever slash lone wolf. By personality, I am definitely an achiever. I would say like any type A personality is going to be it. an achiever. I think I am a seeker slash uh, um, socializer. Socializer for sure. Definitely for sure. Cause like that's our yin, that's our yin and yang. She it is. Look at See, us. See, we are together. We are all four. We're all four. But that's the thing. Like, I, I do enjoy like the community that I get from motorcycling. Don't get me wrong. Like, right. I have a ton of motorcycle friends. But just because some of them listen to the show, when was the last time I called you to go for a ride? <laughs> Never. You know. Never. I like some people on. Fact, to, I mean, you've said to me like, "Let's go ride together." I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> It's just What's not wrong? something I do. Motorcycling for me is the, and this is why, it's not an anti-social thing per se. Right. Oh, here's here's a different thing. I am a, a destroyer slash lone wolf on the street. I am an achiever slash socializer on the track. I really, like street riding for me is my escape yep. from the world around me. It's just me and the bike, get out, me and my thoughts, doing the open road. Maybe I'm going out to the beach for the weekend. Maybe I'm just trying to go for a ride and clear my head. That was my escape. That's always been my escape from my day to day. And I don't need that. I don't need it to be muddled up with other people riding with me and doing weird shit. I don't like group rides. I don't like trips. I just like me in the road and my thoughts. Yep. But on the track, it's very much an achieving. Like I'm trying to get a better lap time. I'm trying to get a better you know, win a race or whatever it is. But it takes a village on the track. There's something, but like what I also really enjoy about the track is the tomfoolery in the pits. And that's why I do call a lot of people like, hey, you doing the track day on on Sunday? Hey, Mm -hmm. you doing the race this weekend? Mm -hmm. You're going to go up to the ridge? You're going to come out to PIR? Hey, we should do that. Hey, we should go down to Thunder Hill and do a track day and that'd be really rad. Let's call (laughs) up five other people. So it's funny how it can be one thing for, for one side of it and another thing for the other. I think that makes perfect sense though. Yeah. I mean, each one of us, ha- I, I totally understand it. I very much understand it. Very, very cool. Yeah, I definitely want to know. So webraptalk at gmail.com. Tell us which one of these you fit in. And if it's more than one, it's okay because it can be a Venn diagram. Yeah. They do have their own spots, every one of them. I uh, like that. Got an A plus on the presentation, by the way. Crushed it. As you ought to. Crushed it. I think it's phenomenal. Blue minds. I'm going to use minds. this forever. Yeah. It's an interesting, it's an interesting just way to stratify people there's there's other ways you can do it um i just remember reading this thing about gaming theory and how game like video games were built around these ideas i mean like motorcyclists are like this too so i don't think that's wrong yeah you want to talk about a motorcycle i don't know I mean, what yeah, do you got about motorcycles i don't know um 
Moto Guzzi V100 Mandelo ushers in a new era of active aero. So this is, we don't have the pricing on this bike. I think it's going to be reasonable. Hold on, hold on. That entire title of that is mind-blowing to me. Right? Because we're talking about Moto Guzzi. Right. Who pretty much makes motorcycles under candlelight. Yes. Well, they used to anyway. No, I've been to that factory. If you told me like 9 p.m. the lights turn out and everyone's got like a little like candle <laughs> festoon on their head, yeah, right. I get it. The wine's poured, the candles are on, the the soprasada is being cut, everyone's getting the work, you know, getting ready. Okay, well, you and I had a conversation about this bike before it got released. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we and it's interesting to have read a lot of comments that pretty much go aligned with what you and I both said. It is an extremely handsome bike that sort of has a throwback to this 90s motorcycle thing. Um, what are you thinking now? Um, sorry, I just saw someone spam in the comment section. One of my Italian colleagues was like, hey, let's check out my video. No. Don't be a troll. Don't no. do it. You know, go do that on your own website, asshole. Yeah, um, I think it's a good looking bike. Uh, I think it's it's I mean it's kind of funny. So it's the first motorcycle, a production motorcycle with active arrows. And then I like Gootsy's like, this is the first Gootsy with an IMU and traction control and a quick shifter. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Welcome been, to 2021, y'all. You've been making fucking ancient machines forever. This is basically you could just say this is your first modern motorcycle, and then I've covered Giuseppe a lot of your bases. like snuck into the Aprilia factory and grabbed yeah. a couple of parts. Was like, hey, yeah. guys, a diesel works. <laughs> Active suspension was another one of them. You're like, oh, okay. Um, I think it looks good. It's a sport tour. It's kind of kooky. Is this going to be the most expensive Moto Guzzi in the lineup? Yeah, probably. I um, mean, that's. I'm not. I'm not even trying to be that funny because Moto Guzzi is shockingly affordable motorcycles, right? For so what they are. There's going to be two trim levels of this bike, so I think the base model one could be a very reasonable price, knowing Moto Guzzi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. It's a water cooled Guzzi. right? Uh, so there's another first. Uh, is that a first? I don't know my Guzzi's well enough to be really honest. Probably not. What was the uh, the sport bike one? Was that the MSG? MSG? Oh, God dang it! They just uh, our friends at Iconic just had one on their auction block. Talk about a bike I want to touch. M- sorry, MSG MGS. That's the dyslexia talking. Was that air cooled? Yeah, was air cooled. I think it was air cooled. Air cooled. So I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I don't claim to have like a, a super good understanding of Gucci history and uh, model lineup, but. It's a good looking bike. It's got some cool features. I'm very interested about the Active Arrow. I think it's very interesting that Piaggio decided to have that debut on the Guzzi brand rather than Aprilia, which is where they first teased it. Right. Um, there's a lot more I think they could do with that. This is just like the, the iceberg of it. And maybe that's why it's the way it is on the Guzzi and like the next Aprilia that we see has got like crazy shit. Um, yeah, they did a good job. I, I really, it's hard to get really excited until i know what the price is because you could right. be like oh spike's gonna be 20 grand and you're like ooh, <laughs> but like knowing goods it's gonna be like seven grand and you're like well that's fucking right i i you know it's just looking at it and seeing what's more or less on it i wouldn't be surprised if this thing touches 17 18 thousand dollars 115 horsepower 77 pound feet of torque it's got that transverse v twin in it which has got a lot of character mm-hmm. shaft drive shaft dr- shaft drive which is interesting i mean that's just gootsy 
4.6 gallon tank eh, it could have been eh. bigger but whatever it's got a lot of techno stuff on it like i think for the sport touring rider it's a sporty touring rider yeah for a sporty touring rider this is an interesting buy yeah and you'd be different and you'd have a unique motorcycle that you'd probably enjoy and like i can't hate on it shane no me either i think they did a good job with it no i think i think it's gonna really uh, it's gonna make moto guzzi fanatics really excited i think and I think it's going to bring some people like myself that aren't necessarily Moto Guzzi fans and make me raise an eyebrow and go, I'd ride that. I think that's the thing. Because I'm the same way where I'm like, I, like the reason I don't know the Guzzi lineup very well, it's like, there's just nothing in it that really gets me excited. They seem like, it kind of seems like Harley where it's like, don't you just have like 20 flavors of the same bike? <laughs> like V7, V9, they all look the fucking same to don't me. people call this the Harley of Italy or some shit? Yeah. And so like this, I'm like, that's interesting. That would get me excited. That might get me down to a Guzzi dealership. If I was a, a, I don't know if that would make make me a Gucci dealer, but you keep bringing out some bikes like this and I'd be like, yeah, I get excited about that. Super interesting bike. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, V85 was kind of like that too. I was like, huh, that's not a, that bike didn't suck. No, that's interesting. Especially for its price. See, that's the other thing. The that's V85 the was priced correctly. It's priced perfectly. Yep. So I, I have some faith that Gucci is going to price this really well. And I think that's going to do, do some solids. Good luck finding a dealer in the United States, but you know that's the different thing therein lies the issue there's that's always gonna be the issue um very you know, cool bike. I'm, I'm super excited about it yeah does look good with the gold too the gold wheels especially with the the green and the, the green gold and the wheels gold. this oh this bike is classy i, I, I can get on the shaheen program with this that is real definitely i oh, see now finally oh man this today's show is just bringing the yin and the yang together i'm excited it's crazy just all the crazy um b -b 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 bike that i don't hate mv augusta lucky explorer 9.5 uh looks good remember once upon a time we used to have a lucky explorer bike around here <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking softly so nobody yells at me uh, nobody from mv augusta anyway. <laughs> it's funny it's funny um when the guys from gootsy called me <laughs> not gootsy sorry mv all right and i literally pick up i'm like Brian, you only call me when I fuck something up. <laughs> what did I? What did I fuck up? What? It turned out I didn't fuck something up, but that was just funny that you kind of mentioned that. <laughs> um, yeah, they didn't like it when we did that photo shoot, but it was such They're a nice lawyers. photo shoot. Their lawyers didn't like you it. You made that bike look very pretty. Anyways, just, okay, so, um, so it, it it's funny. I got. Um, are we, are we going to talk about both or the nine point five? Because I feel like the nine point five is really the most relevant one for the U.S. market. Well, I, okay, I, yes. Just to preface that the 5.5 is really like a massaged over CF Moto. I forget what model it is. It's basically a Chinese adventure bike right. that MV has kind of massaged into their bike. And like there's some parts you look at it like that's the same exhaust. Mm -hmm. That's the same, you know, wheelbase. That's mm -hmm. the same this. That's the same that. And you're like, Ugh. like that for me, like that really turned me off. I'm like, really? I'm going to buy like, I don't know what pricing is for that. And I don't even know if it's like a bike that would be coming to the United States or Europe. Maybe that's something that's just being built for China and Indonesia and India and all that stuff. Right. Um, you know, maybe that's how they're dividing up the world. But like, I am not going to spend premium MV dollars on a redressed Chinese motorcycle. I don't care how much Italian styling it is, how much R&D they were involved mm -hmm. with. Like that bike was made in China. I am not paying Italian prices. No. Um, and that's a funny thing to get into when we start seeing like K 
KTM bikes being built by CF Moto and other stuff that's going on. You're like, I mean, BMW kind of started that with their some, with their scooters stu- a while ago. And too. There's some stuff in India, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Um, but for what that brand is charging for motorcycles, like, I'm paying a premium. It better be made in Verace, right? You know, or at least thing. be put together properly. Yeah, I mean, maybe you can. Obviously, you have to source parts. Like, there's nothing that's just purely made in Italy. Right. You're going to source parts from all over, but like, that needs to be an Italian made motorcycle. That's all I got to say about the 5.5. The 9.5 looks good. It um, looks legit. Like, it looks like it can do things. It looks like it can do things. Uh, I have at least two interesting things to say about this bike. Okay, go. The first one is it's really funny or it's really interesting to me to watch Ducati and MV Augusta fighting over something that Kajiva did. Right. And, you know, and you're just like, like both of them have this like shared history that they weren't really a part of. And like Ducati's claim was like, well, the, the Kajiva had a Ducati motor in it. It was when Kajiva owned Ducati. So like bananas and MVs like, well, we own Kajiva now and it was during the Castiglione time mm-hmm. that the Kajiva did it, and Castiglione went on and bought MV, and that's like the name that's more associated with the Castiglione family Some now. Romeo and Juliet shit going on here, man. Yeah, and it's just really funny. Like, you know, like eh, we're both, and the bikes both have like a little Lucky Strike, Lucky Explorer theme going on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, man, this is gonna end in court. <laughs> you know, only if they name it the Elephant. And in, and it's funny, like you know. We got a uh, an embargoed uh, thing on it, and they sent me. They didn't send me pictures. They sent me renders, and I would very much believe that the bikes that are in that were at Eichma are probably the only bikes in the world that look like that. Oh, wow. so like this bike feels like at least a year away, and you can't help but think that they saw the Scrambler Desert X concept come out, looking the way they did, and were like, "Oh fuck that!" Oh, these motherfuckers! These motherfuckers! <laughs> um and here we are two years later um so that's that's interesting and i, I don't really i don't have a, a horse in this race I, I don't really care but it's it's kind of funny to watch the uh the internal italian family fight going on it's like arguing at the dinner table these guys are doing some really interesting things with this i mean they're making it into a real adventure bike with things like a recluse clutch uh mm-hmm. option mm-hmm. and that's you know Things that people, whether they are real hardcore off-road adventurers or at least wannabes, want to say they have on their bike or at least have the option for. So it's interesting to see MV going after this segment because in my mind, the question I have is, A, what is it going to cost? B, is this going to be the bike that's going to become, make MV like a, not normal, but like a sort of a household name where you're going to see people saying, oh yeah, I ride an MV like Explorer. Yeah. Instead of a BMW or a Triumph or a Ducati. Right. And so- that's that's kind of my question to you, and I saw someone else pose this on uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think it's the question everyone's asking, really. Would you take an MV off-road? Would you take an MV in the dirt? Would you take, like, I don't know what the pricing is going to be. Hopefully, it's priced reasonably. Right. But, I mean, I think you can look at the lineup and be like, well, Trismo Veloce is not tremendously different from this, and it costs, like, 20 grand. Right. So, where is this going to land? And would I take that? Would I be willing to have that fall down a ravine i mean if this is going to compete in that middleweight <clears throat> european segment it can't be touching twenty thousand dollars it's interesting how like that 
how it is right Right. and if it does then it's like then it's a certain bar that's doing it are they really going off-road or what is it i mean at that point if you're buying it say oh i have a fancy mb augusta and this is my pretty adventure bike then why'd you fucking i mean i I guess you just bought it to take it to the coffee shop with the knobby tires and go yeah i could but i don't but that question that you posed about i could snidely say is like half of the bmw gs right but but I, I mean, you, you asked a very interesting question. Would you take an MV Augusta off-road? Somebody would have asked this exact same question pre-2016. And then after 2016-17, I put my hand up and said, yep, I sure would. And I've done it, a, you know, a hundred times. So that's what I mean. Is this the bike that's going to, quote-unquote, normalize the idea of taking an MV Augusta and, like, riding it? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. means now, you know, going back to the conversation we had in the last show, does this mean that we're going to maybe see more dealerships? Because just like we talk on the Aprilia side or the you know the uh, uh, Guzzi side, great motorcycles, but if there isn't enough network here in the U.S. side, then it makes the prospect of taking it out and beating up on it scarier. Right. <clears throat> Not because the bike can't handle it, but you're gonna break it at some point. That's just right. part of that kind of right. The ownership experience. Right. Yeah. So if you're gonna break the parts, then it's good to know that you can replace them. And then there's that whole stereotype of Italian bikes are fragile and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and it's I love disproving that over and over again with my bike and other people in our group. And, and you know, honestly, globally now, you're seeing a lot more Ducatis going off-road and doing neat, fun stuff. BMW isn't necessarily any less fragile. It's just they've been doing it long enough, and they have a good enough network where it's not a scary prospect. You just go out and do it. It looks really good. It looks really well thought out. Uh, I think... It, it's gonna have some really cool premium features on it. You, know, mm-hmm. you can kind of just see it in the in the renders and the photos. Um, I like it a lot. I I think I yeah. For me, it's like price, price and, and availability. I mean, the this is the first bike from MV that we've seen have the new 950 three cylinder engine, which is based off the 800. Mm-hmm. I think it's stroked and bored. Hmm. I, I mean, think, we love that 800 motor, and it's yeah. such a great little. Well, they're quoting like 120 horsepower, 123 on it, but I think you'll see it in like a sportier trim closer to like 160, 170. Hmm. Um, it's technically a 930cc, 930.63cc. Going to round that up, guys. Round that down. <laughs> Help a brother out. Well, I mean, that's right. I mean, think about the Ducati, that, that new... Desert X is going to use that same monster motor, so it's nine thirty-seven. Yeah, it's it's. This is falling in that same line. It's that They're, same line. You're, you're putting you're, it right in line with that. You're thing. definitely seeing a convergence. Yeah, it's the same thing with the Tiger nine hundred. Uh, it's the same thing that we're seeing with um, the new F. What is the new F? Is it a nine hundred? There's, F- there's an F eight fifty. F eight fifty. There's an F nine hundred too, but it's sport. Yeah, it's but not road, the GS model. Yeah, it's road focused, but. Riding's on the wall that that 900 motor makes it into an F Absolutely. 900 GS. Th- that's going to be the new norm for that class. Yeah, the 890 KTM is <laughs> ultimately the smallest motor you can buy. I mean, I guess the Aprilia uh, Touareg is well, really the smallest. But that's the thing. The Touareg and the Tenere are almost in a different class. Yeah, they're now. in a, like this. I think we talked about this last show. Like, there's kind of like this middleweight kind of divide now. I'm doing a. This is my divide hand signal, Shane. It's like curtains. Oh, I like your divide. It's like, it's like curtains. It's like you're opening the Red Sea. Parting the ways. That's <laughs> <laughs> a little loopy today. Um, interested. Very interested. Uh, Super. 
hopefully I'll be riding this soonish, sooner than later. I don't know when they're going to have production bikes ready. I see all um, kinds of figures here. I'm curious what it'll weigh. Totally, probably. Me too. I mean, I bet it'll be in the 450 to 480 pound. I feel like it's gonna be heavier. Really? I don't know. I just have that feeling. I oh, just, man. I just have that feeling. I don't know, man. I don't know. I shouldn't say shit because I don't know shit. But like, I just, my gut tells me 480, like sub 500, but not yeah that 450 anorexic thing that like the Tourag and the Tenere can do um but hey you know i could be totally wrong i i i think it would weigh that much purely because mv is going to put a bunch of luxury sh- stuff on there you know like they're not they're not going to go cheap on it so i think there's there's a weight cost there but then again you look at it and it looks like they've got like some sort of forged carbon body pieces i know i was looking at that like what is that i'm looking at that now now it's going more expensive forged carbon pieces i see this clear clutch cover mm-hmm you got to do that. You, I mean, you're an MV Augusta. You got to be pretty. Um, you know, honestly, shout out to Walt Siegel for really moving the needle on this whole thing a couple of years ago. <laughs> he made his adventure bike and everybody was like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> uh, that was a Ducati engine. Though. It was. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a 1100. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm stoked to see MV in the space. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it. I always thought this bike was going to be uh, a Kajiva um me too especially with like the elephant yeah. elephant uh, I'm, I'm really name. genuinely surprised they didn't revive that name just for this bike yeah so we'll see um tbd tbd on price tbd on performance tbd on riding it any ideas on like release time i think like like just kind of knowing mv i, I would say at least a year okay it's just kind of they could surprise me though i don't know Surprise, motherfucker. I got no inside line on that one. Okay. Um, we're like making a podcast or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's what they were calling me about. Like, oh, we got like a podcast with Alan Cathcart. Oh. Which I think would be fun. That'd be super cool. The Cathcart Chronicles. Holy moly. That would be. Um, you, heard it, you heard it here first. Oh, shit. That'd be cool. He, guy knows some stuff. Been around the block. Yeah, he knows a thing or three. He's, he met the queen. I don't know if you actually the queen met, met him. I don't Thank know. you. Well, fair enough. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true, but it's a fun thing to bring up at dinner with them. <laughs> so, what's it like with the queen? Is she funny? Does she fart? Brits don't like that. Queen who? Who? <laughs> um, Bomoda KB4. Is that something we want to talk about? I mean, I got two things to say about this. Okay, part. go. One, I think it's freaking hideous. Yep. Two, I love the radiator under the tail, except <laughs> for the fact that it makes the bike look hideous. It just, yeah, it kind of gives us like this big mid-range, middle range, I don't know what to call it, belt line. It, you know what it looks like? It looks like a, a bloated uh, speed triple RR. Yeah, okay. I just love how like like that that duct that goes back to the fan to the radiator is just so big it's just kind of like dangling out there like i have not been a fan of the bimota uh aesthetic for a while now mm-hmm. which is a shame because i think they made some really beautiful bikes in the past so like i guess like maybe i'm just like the wrong person for this i mean clearly um, somebody loves it because they're selling bikes still yeah i mean kawasaki invested in them 
So it's interesting. I, I don't know if like the Ninja 1000 motor is like a great pick. It's like 140 horsepower. It'd be a good street bike. Good roadster. You know, I don't know. Like, and the naked version's actually somewhat handsome from, you know, any. Really? I mean, I better think, looking I think than it the other gets one, worse. I really? Yeah. Let's agree to disagree. Sometimes it's better to have the clothes on. You know what I'm saying, Shane? <laughs> Let the imagination do the work. I wonder if this is one of those bikes that just looks better in person. Maybe um maybe i think the uh the tessie h2 yeah definitely a bike looks better in person there's a lot of craziness going on like i like that bike from a craziness level i'll get behind like i like the way that bike looks Mm -hmm. there's some things i don't like about it but most of the things i do but mostly because it's just so audacious and crazy that i'm like okay you get a pass for the things i don't like this i'm just (laughs) like eh, you're not that crazy and you're just kind of i don't know Retro. The design, you know, it's interesting. Again, like it just looks like the front end kind of droops down a little bit weirdly, and it's a little bit too wide in the center. That's oddly the only thing I like. I like the front of the bike on, like from the KB4 badge back. I just wish it went away. Oh, I just wish it went away. Just wish it went away, and another more attractive motorcycle was behind it. Well, that's gonna get me in trouble. Ooh, maybe that's the thing. <laughs> I think I, I said this, the opposite of this about the uh, Moto Guzzi and <laughs> that I thought from headlight back, it was very handsome. But like from like, like I like the back three quarters of the bike and didn't love the front th- quarter. And you're saying the opposite on this one. You kind of like the front quarter of it and the back three quarters aren't doing it for you. I'll agree that the Guzzi, the back three quarters is better looking than the front three quarters, mm-hmm. but I still like the front. Like it's not like a, yeah, it's not, it's not ugly. It's by not any ugly. Stretch of the imagination. It's just kind of bland. It's just the back three quarters. So fucking yeah. handsome. KB4. It's a pass for me. And, and for a brand like Bomoda, like Bomoda should be one of those brands that you just drool over. Yeah. It's definitely a poster bike. And I'm not really like, this is not a bike I'm going to put on my wall. No. I'm just not. Sorry, Bimota. Who's buying this bike? I guess it's, it's just the Bimota fanatic. Yeah, that wants to have another cool Bimota and say they now have one with the Kawasaki motor. I bet this is a rider's bike. I bet this bike is actually decent on the road. You know, but yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't I mean, it has hair. all the right performance parts on it. Yeah, it just doesn't blow my hair back. I don't want to be a hater, but like it just doesn't get me excited. All right. And for it's how art. much motorcycling is like a visceral thing. Well, that's the thing, though. This is, this is rolling thing. art. It's going to make someone's hair blow back. And that's the thing with art. Is it? Yeah. It's not for everyone. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. Fight me on this. Send us, send us an email. Send us an email. Webraptalk at gmail.com. I'm not going to die on this hill, but like I'm just not into it. Well, I'm just curious. You know, have somebody at least bare, bare knuckle uh, box you on that hill. All right. Fair you enough. You don't have to die on it. Just maybe get a couple of swings in. Fair enough. Speaking of swings, I don't really don't know what to make of the Yamaha Tenere 700 Raid prototype. Is this like the the so like the super racy version? Is going to have like all the upspec goodies on there, or what's the story? I can't tell if this is just an ad for Yamaha's GTYR. They just have Paul Torres on their on their staff, and they just wanted to get some photos of him doing some cool shit, and they were like. I don't. I, I assume that's Paul Torres because everything I see with him is on the T seven hundred. I said GTYR. It's GYTR. It's I like GTYR. Dyslexia. Sorry. It's one, I've just. I'm really jet lagged. Um. Yeah, I can't tell if this is just like a two wheeled ad for like, hey, we've got a lot of really cool Yamaha parts for this bike that you should buy because they're rad, or if they actually plan on making all. Because in Europe there is an upspec. What's it called? The World Rally. 
I forget the name of it. It's got some sort of rally world thing in it. And it's basically a Tenere with a bunch of like sparkles on it. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Mm -hmm. We don't get it in the US for some reason, which I think is kind of silly, but this is maybe this is our entry. Well, they wouldn't be launching at ICMA because that's a European thing. I mean, not to say that it wouldn't come to the US, but like you were nice enough to put up all the highlights here. Now that somebody with the T700 can basically copy paste your yeah. you're welcome article and boom you're welcome i did that for you <laughs> copy paste all this buy it all and then suddenly have a twenty thousand dollar t700 Woo. yeah we'll probably do the thing oh definitely we'll do there's the some thing. cool there, to be fair to be fair like usually the gytr parts are like kind of it's like hey it's carbon fiber fender it's right. smaller head uh, smaller turn signals we got like a we got like a really like co-branded like pipe from a Kropovich or someone that's got like a big Yamaha logo on it that yep, you would probably never want. Here. But you go down there and like there's like different airbox, air filter kit, and blah 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 blah. Like there's some like actual technical pieces. You're like, no, that's gonna make your bike better. That's gonna be pretty good. I can get behind it. Uh, this is a cool bike. You get a different ECU, uh, high performance airbox and filter. Oversized radiator, dual cooling fans, new water pump cover, new oil cooler, recluse, heavy duty clutch. I would ride this bike cross world before I rode a KLR650. Longer forks, longer shock. Like those are real parts. Those are substantially going to improve your motorcycling thing. Rather, it's like GYTR is like usually like here's an overpriced like piece of plastic that we here's sold. Here's a you. sticker kit. Exactly. So like I get behind it. Yeah. I get behind it. Bigger rear disc on it. But I just don't know, like, what this is. Like, is this like, hey, maybe this will turn into a new motorcycle five years from now? Because that's how long it takes them. Or or what? But then it got a lot of buzz. It got a lot of traffic. Um, Worth talking about, I it'll, guess. It'll come to the U.S. at some point and just be the T700R model. Yeah, something like that. That's what I mean, truthfully, that's what that bike needs. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, you that's, need to have an up-spec T7 yeah. in the U.S. to and compete. I bet there are buyers for it. I would yeah. bet you hundreds of dollars that there's going to be buyers for that. And that's going to help compete against KTM. Mm-hmm. That's going to help compete against Aprilia. That's mm-hmm. going to help fend off whatever Honda is doing or whatever MV is doing or Ducati. Like, here's our more up-spec. Here's our more premium. Here's our turnkey. Go do the thing. Yeah. World touring, rally, raid, whatever bullshit. Whereas, like, the T7 that's out here now is like, here's a really good starting point for you to like farkle the shit out of a bike mm-hmm. because you're an achiever and that's what you do. That's right, achiever. You can be achiever destroyer if you want to be. Honda. Oh my gosh. Are you ready? I'm going to do this one breath. Okay. Honda CBR 1000 double R slash or dash R Fireblade SP 30th anniversary edition. Where do they put all this on the bike? Just go fuck yourself, you Honda. Just go fuck yourself with that name. <laughs> you know, I, I know you're listening. Just go bend over, <laughs> take that name, and ram it up your hole. That is ridiculous how long that name is. That's a long name. Where I mean, does, is there one lot. spot on the body where they fit this? That must be way shorter in Japanese because in English, it's not translated. Listen, nothing shorter in Japanese. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Just looking at the body, at least it says HRC by the headlights, and then it says RR cbr on the side on the side says cbr fireblade what right by the air duct oh yeah i see that yep, which yep. is a way better way just just call it the fireblade, fireblade. And be done 
Well, and then above it, it says RR in giant letters. And then above that on the tank, it says Honda. Okay, I'm seeing, I'm starting to find all the little names all over the place. This is a game of where in the fuck is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> There's no motorcycle name cooler than Fireblade. Just call it the Fireblade. They already, I mean, every market is pretty fucking cool, but yeah, every it's market. a Fireblade. It's like a katana on fire. Fireblade SP, Fireblade Limited, all the other bullshit, just knock it off. Um, this is fantastic. All that to say is this 1990s livery that they're doing is sexy. Is fucking rad. It's fucking sexy. Um, they updated the bike a little bit. There's some cool stuff there, mostly motor. Hey, does it have forged wheels on it yet? Uh, Come oh, on, Honda. Nope. Come on, Honda. Mm, I shouldn't say no. I don't actually know for. I think this is probably the most handsome CBR ever made. Uh, Dang. It looks really gusto. good. They've they've tweaked some of the stuff that I complained about. Um, I would buy this over a. I know there's going to be a lot of haters over this. I would buy this over an S1000RR all day long. BMW? Yep. Oh, yeah. Better bike. It's a better bike than, than the BMW. Especially now that they've ironed out what I would assume they've ironed out. Some of the electrical gremlins I didn't like. <laughs> um, and supposedly has 214 horsepower. So. It's got way more horsepower. <clears throat> it actually makes... Well, I shouldn't... Not in the US. It doesn't actually make it. But it makes it better than the BMW does. Mm -hmm. The US is like 180 horsepower, I think. Come on, man. Stop corking up our bikes so there's the thing there um but yeah I, I i like the honda when i rode that honda i said this is the best inline four on the market and i still stand behind that having this i'm excited about this cbr the way the young shaheen was excited about a cbr 900 double r i think that's what that they're doing and it's funny to me that we've seen so much like retro callback stuff like transformer movies coming right. out like look, there's a huge thing in hollywood right now of like recycling like 1990s they're out of fresh ideas, man. You got to just use what you had back then. Yeah, well, I think there's that too where like the the generation with the buying power right now right. is that 30 to 50 sweet spot 40-year-old mm -hmm. person and that was their 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 youth. So it's like there's a nostalgia play here for the people that have the money. And it's funny to me that like motorcycling still hasn't quite caught on. Like, this is like the first, this is we saw Kawasaki play with it on the World Superbike that we're at. Oh, what race was that? I'd have to look it up. They did a throwback livery to the old Ninja uh, 7. Uh, 7 oh, man. Look rad. Like ZX7 double R, that yeah. green and yellow, uh, green, so white, good. like purple. purple. Yeah, it looks oh, so gimme. good. And this is the first production bike we've seen with that. And it just surprises me that we haven't seen more of that going yeah. on so ducati always throws back you know they have red bikes <laughs> <laughs> no that's the thing ducati back when back when in my youth like yellow was a big part of their bike yellow was too. huge like yellow with the white frame on it when was the last time you saw a yellow ducati street fighter whenever somebody custom paints one but i'm telling like from the factory when's the last yellow ducati uh street fighter 848 monster it was monster, monster, monster yellow 8, monster 821 they did a one-year yellow I think 2018 or something like that. That might be it. 17 or 18. Looking it up now. 2018. And there's a scrambler. But... I mean, the scramblers I don't really count. Yeah. That's like that's a different thing. Because that's a that's a 60s, 70s vibe. Correct. But like that, like racing yellow. It's been for it's been ages. Yeah. It's really honestly the monster, but I haven't seen it like on a sport bike where I think it belongs. Like a Panigale V4. Uh, well, honestly, I'm probably going to do a Panigale V2 in yellow pretty soon. I think that'll be good. I think that's going to be a good looking bike. It'll be rad. I'm all about it. All about it, about it. 
Um, last bike I want to talk about wasn't actually an Eichmann launch. I just really like this bike and I want to talk about it. Talk about it. KTM 1290 Super GT will not be coming to the United States. You heard it here first. Wait, it's actually not coming? I have been told that the powers that be at KTM do not feel that this is a model that will sell in the United States, which they're not wrong. They're not going to sell very many of them here. They barely sell any in Europe anyway. I wanted to sell more. But it's this is such a good bike. Such a good bike. It's one of those things where it's like, do you ever watch Firefly? Yeah. Amazing show. Canceled yep. it after the first season. I know. It just makes me sad. You just needed to I've have. I've watched that like, first season a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have like a little bit more of it. Like just like just two more seasons and people will figure it out and it'll be awesome. You just got to have some faith and hold the course. KTM, are you mad because I once upon a time said this bike has a weird looking front face that it, only a mother would love? It does have a weird okay, face. I won't ever take that back because it still has a weird looking front face that only a mother would love. That but, thing has the nose of a falcon. Look at that thing. Look Which at that thing. I love. Falcons are strong. Look at that thing. Look at that. That That is a statement piece right there, that bike. I think, regardless of what I think of its looks, this is one of those bikes. You know, I said that about the MT-10. This bike takes a pass. Regardless of its looks, I love riding one. I would like legitimately consider trying to like gray market one of these into the US so I could ride one. That's how much I want this bike. Mm. I would ride the shit out of this bike. It's a great bike. I mean, it's, it's truly... They... <sighs> What is this like? This is what I say when I want to see like a Street Fighter GT or something like that. Like this KTM did the thing where they took just a brutal sport bike and then said, hey, it's also comfortable. You can ride it, you know, Mm -hmm. fairly long distances if you want to. Mm -hmm. But then you can take the bags off of it or don't and drag knee with the best of them and just spank them all day long. If you don't want to go like down, like you could go down a gravel road because any motorcycle can go down that's right any bike's an adventure bike but like if you're not yeah if you're not into like the dual sportness of adventuring and you're just a tarmac person this bike does it all yeah it is comfortable for long distances it is perk for a track day it's great around town yep. you can put shit in it it's got narrow a, you it's can powerful. probably watch netflix on that seven inch dash because it's huge dash massive <laughs> uh the switches actually look good i swear to god they took one of my articles and were just like Fuck you, Jensen, because like the marketing press release was like, and there's new switch gear to add for a more premium look and feel. And like, I literally think I wrote that that was something that was lacking. I think and you, it's not going to come here. I'm, I'm taking credit for that. So, well, I, I guess the it does have that stupid sidejack navigation thing. Fuck though. off with sidejack. Come on, man. <laughs> um, hear me out. Apple CarPlay. It's a new thing. Try it. <laughs> I think they made that screen that big so you don't notice the front end of the bike while you're riding it. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> it's just like a Falcon. Germany Christmas. This is my favorite ugly bike. It's, and again, ugly is the wrong word. It's very, very, uh, you know. It's, it's not handsome. It's not handsome. But fuck is it fun. I. It's so good, I would get over it. I would get over it so quick. Like someone would be like immediately. Like, man, that bike's really ugly. I'm like, yeah, but it's fucking yeah, rad to ride. You know when so I'm wheeling past you, I don't even notice. <laughs> you, you know what's not ugly? This grin that yeah. goes ear to ear, baby. My face hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's fair to assume that they're gonna put whatever goodies that are on this on the 1290s, you know, Super Adventure S and the R and whatever. Because I mean, they share that same heartbeat. Yeah, I, the bigger wheels. There's yeah, there's already I think a lot of overlap in the feature set and the switches and stuff. Um, yeah, it just looks just looks fucking rad. Such a good bike. This Wait. is such a phenomenal bike for someone who comes from a sport bike background and wants something more comfortable that they can do all the fun stuff with and still be a hooligan. Like this, this is one of the most perfect recipes in the motorcycle and the sport 
touring, but emphasis on sport side of the motorcycling right now. Yep. Ugh, love it. Broken heart of this not coming here. Damn shame. I mean, I damn get shame. it. I get it. I get it. I'm not an unreasonable person, but it's a damn shame. Like, even the last generation, if you're in the market for a motorcycle like this and you said, I want to buy one, I'd be like, I'd slap you on the ass and be like, go, let's talk you more, buy it. Go, go, go buy it now. The only, like, well, I was going to say, like, you just buy a Super Duke and, like, import the rear <laughs> subframe or something. And the front beak? Eh, we can get over the beak. Maybe just figure out some sort of windscreen option. I don't know. I bet you more than one person in the United States make a, makes a Super Duke GTO out of a Super Duke car. That would be amazing. Because they this is what they want. And Jensen Beeler might be one of those people. I'm excited for your next week. I'm excited for my next week. It's going to be fun. And then the week after that, I'm also excited about. And I'm going to try and see if there's any way I can finagle my way into that one. We're trying to get you to the Pikes Peak Multistrada launch. Um, I hope that works out. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be cool to be the first podcast right properly at a press launch we'll do an actual recording there we'll call it the we're so sorry about your liver podcast you're actually bringing liquor with you i'm gonna you, bring liquor you go. with me to that yeah. one we've planned this out yeah we're ready to go put me in coach put shaheen in coach put, put shaheen in coach he's ready to drink yeah i'm curious about that bike we're gonna ride it around palm springs um really looking forward to seeing how sporty sporty she goes really looking forward to riding the panigale v4 at Hareth and seeing the a lot of the changes for that are geared towards making it easier to ride mm -hmm. less fatiguing and as someone that uh has not been able to stay in shape over the year because of injuries that that's something i will be testing for science yeah that that definitely uh appeals to my whatever this body form i'm in currently yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see. It's not a huge update to the Panigale V4, but I think they've they've taken a look at what they uh, the bike needs and and addressed it. So interesting that there was no V4 R, and that's honestly what I thought that launch was going to be. I yeah. think you were the one that was right on that, not me. Um, that'd be in the whole Panigale family, but no R bike. So I don't know. I don't have to say about that. Does this mean there's going to be some kind of a like re redefining of the World Superbike? engine size and you know engine format there's still a and the panigale v4r is still homologated for for world superbike yeah but there's they no don't, they don't need to have a 20, they don't need to have a 2022 model for it to be racing got it there's usually like a five or seven year window for that bullshit oh, okay so they're they're good with that yeah um but that's not to say if you didn't call up ducati corso they couldn't make you one um sure so yeah, no, the, the rules for for World Superbike are staying the same. Um, it's World Supersport where we're seeing some interesting rule changes, and we'll see the Panigale V2 in there along with, um, uh, I can't, I don't know if the KTM's getting in there, although we've seen a lot of stuff with an RC890 testing on, on the street. We'll see what comes to fruition with that. But, yeah, they really changed up the World Supersport regulation. So 2022 will be interesting to watch with that. Yeah, I'm really interested in, in what that's going to look like next year. Mm-hmm. Well. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. You got anything? Um, Got any dad jokes? Oh, fuck off with your dad jokes. Come on, man. No, man. That's all I remember. No, man. All right, I guess I'll eat lunch. Woo! You're actually, yeah. And then. um, Pretty sure I still owe you a lunch. 
Probably. <laughs> probably. What was it? There's something we made a bet about. But you I bought think. me lunch. Have I waited? I won another bet since then. What was it? There was something that came out. It was pricing. Was it pricing on the Street Fighter V2? Pricing on something? Maybe it was pricing no, on you Desert know what? X. No, no, no. I think we had an argument about what the pricing on the Desert X will be. Yeah. But that hasn't, so we don't what know. What did I yet. say? 15? TBA. I think we said 15. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I, I was saying it'll probably be like 15 to 16. You were saying it's going to be 17 plus. No, no, no. Other way around. Really? Yeah. You don't ever think Ducatis are going to be cheaper than I think they're going to be. Yeah, I always think they're going to be cheaper than you No, no, think. you want them to be cheaper, but you never think. <laughs> 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 All right, well, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram, at BrapTalk, Twitter, at WeBrapTalk, email. And I think this part, maybe I don't say clearly enough because people always write to me, hey, what's your email address? WeBrapTalk at gmail.com. I'll repeat myself. We, as in W-E, BrapTalk at gmail.com. You know what, though? That's one of those complaints that's like a Rorkshot test where it's like, oh, you don't know the email? That's because you didn't listen to the end of the show. Are you even listening, bro? You didn't listen to the end of the show. I had a guy who emailed me complaining about one of the Google ads. And I was just like, yeah, man. Like, I don't, because he was really upset. It was like a political ad that showed up. And he was uh. really, it wasn't his political party. And I just want to be like, you realize like that like internet advertising, like, I, I have no control over that. No. That is Google <laughs> looking at you, right. looking at what websites you go to and being like, you would really like to see this. That's a, that's your thing, buddy. That's a, that's a you problem. <laughs> that's not a Jensen problem. That's a you problem. You've been going to some weird fucking websites right. and now you have hippopotamus porn showing up. Yep. And that your ain't fetishes my are coming back to say hello to you and you don't get to be mad at us yeah, for that because we have zero control. If you think I'm getting money from the hippopotamus crew, I mean... <laughs> That put that ad on the website. That that was not a direct sale. Nope. <laughs> so, anyways, anyways, email. Listen to the show all the way through. I guess it was a takeaway. We talk at gmail.com. I want to know first of all which segment you think it fit in. I think that's very important for me. What what are we talking about? The four segments of motorcycle. Oh yes, 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 yes. The, the, the four cat the strata. The, the, oh, the strata, strata of motorcycling. Of, of motorcycling. Are you a multi strata like me? No, no, not with a D, with a T. Oh, come on, man. You're killing Boom. me. Don't play with my words. <laughs> um, anyways, other than that, I uh, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and uh, is being healthy and having fun. Uh, and um, I will see you. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, happy buddy. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Hey, man. Hey. We've been yeah, I don't think we said that to each other yesterday. No, we didn't. Thanks for picking me up at the airport. My pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving. Anytime. I will happily pick you up in my slow Tacoma. Really? I'm coming back Friday. I will. I will see you then. At like midnight. <laughs> I will may not see you then. <laughs> Until then, make good choices and safety third. Get the fuck out of here. Wait, I'm in your house. I'm out of here. Good talk. See you out there. Bye. We're not naming names, right? No. Well, okay, I'm going to edit that out because that's just mean. That's just mean. But did you see the... Uh...